Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of our PAC Politics Podcast. Our podcast is brought to you by our organization, our United Resource PAC. If you don't know, we are a tax-exempt political organization. Again, guys, hello, hello, hello. My name is Brittany McDowell. And again, I thank you so much for tuning in today. Wow, there's a lot that we could be talking about, right? This week has been jam-packed with proposals and plans for probable uh, COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief packages, but it's not looking too good, right? Um, I want to mention a little bit about that hopium that I've talked to you guys about before. But um, even though I'm going to talk about hopium, hopium is not the focus of today's episode. The focus of today's episode is the man Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, he's been up to a lot or not very much. I mean, you could really say both. But today's episode, we're going to talk about what he has been up to and um, what it means uh, in reference to kind of everything that we're seeing going on this week. Again, regarding new proposals and plans for COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief. So we're going to jump right in. I'm not going to belabor you with a long drawn out episode or intro uh, because I I really want to get to this stuff because I've got quite a bit to say. So sit back and let's get this show started. It's fall and you know what that means, right? You can find us on Facebook. No, I know that fall and Facebook have nothing to do with each other, but they both start with the letter F. So according to my logic, perfect time to tell you about finding us on Facebook since it is fall. Isn't that exceptional logic? By my point of view, it is. Anywho, in the description box below, you'll find a link to our Facebook page. Check us out. If you like us, like our page. We'll be more than glad to have you. Again, find us on Facebook. Look in the description box below for the link. Hey, this is Brittany. Just wanted to shoot you a quick reminder. Look in the description box of this episode and you can find a link to our website. On our website, you can find our latest blog posts. You can find our contact information. You even want to make a contribution, you can go over there and do that as well. You can find out the policies we are looking at and targeting as an organization. You know, I say all the time that we are a tax-exempt political organization. If you want to know more about that, Again, go on over to our website, our-pack.com, where you can find out everything you want to know. You can do everything you want to do. We will gladly, gladly, gladly welcome you on our website with open arms. Again, check out our website in the description box below. So let's get right to it, shall we? Jumping right in, guys, I want to talk about how McConnell has indeed rejected stimulus. What? No, I'm not talking about the stimulus we all know that he's been rejecting over the last few months or the the stimulus that, you know, he wouldn't even put up for a vote in the Senate that was passed in the House. I am talking about, my friends, uh, he is outright rejecting a proposal that has come out 
this week, like since yesterday, right? He has outright said, look, this new bipartisan $908 billion stimulus plan that was put forth yesterday, Tuesday, I'm not down for it. I'm, re I'm rejecting it, right? He's, he never ceases to amaze me. Like, um, I, you know, you would think that, I, I don't know. I'm just, when, when it comes to this man, I, wow. Like, 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 what can you say? You know, we've dealt with months, not just days or, well, yeah, you could say days or weeks, but you can actually tally in months the amount of time that Americans have dealt with congressional inaction, um, inaction that is supposed to be helping us curb COVID-19, not just from a, this, and this is what kind of boggles my mind. It's not just like a, oh, you know, curbing economic, uh, curbing COVID-19 um, by providing economic stimulus. It doesn't just help with the economy. It actually helps curb the actual virus, right? And it, it, like, I really can't grasp the concept that with as long as Americans have been dealing with this, Hamish McConnell still says no, right? He he wants, as he puts it, he he came out and you know he talked to the American people out in front of the thing, and he's just gonna mumble the humble the jumble day. Like he just sat there and he talked about, look, I, I want a more, a more targeted relief bill, targeted relief bill. Right. He wants a more targeted, which if you remember what I talked about before, what is targeted a code word for? Small. He wants a small relief bill, right? And get this, get this. The bill that he rejected, this $908 billion stimulus plan that he said no to, it didn't even have stimulus checks in it. What? Yes, it had not one nothing. No stimulus checks going directly to the American people were included in the $908 billion stimulus plan. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. I'm not going to fuss because there is something that I want to say specifically about that plan, but that's actually quite surprising that he rejected it because when you think about the $500 billion plan that Mitch McConnell proposed, that he was down for, that was targeted enough, that was small enough, that aimed to help a very small, few and specific group of people, it didn't include stimulus checks, direct stimulus checks to Americans. So you would have thought that he would have been down for the cause with his $908 billion stimulus bill. But indeed, he was not. Kind of sucks, but in the words of COVID in chief, it is what it is. I've mentioned this before, but I am compelled to warn you to sound the alarm once more that the government is poised to shut down pretty soon. We've got about, what, nine days before We've got a shutdown on top of the current apocalypse we are dealing with. Um, Congress, they have until the 11th of December, 10 days before my birthday, if you must know, they have until the 11th of December to come in, swoop in, save the day, and avoid a government shutdown. Now, I've already talked about how I feel about this before. Uh, I've related it to... Uh, this exact same situation that we saw a few months ago. And I've compared how what is happening now needs to be different than what happened then, but I'm not going to bore you with those details again. So if you want to know, go back and look, I don't know if it was like the episode before the last one or the last one, just go back and take a listen. And somewhere along the way, you will find that bit of information. But so 
let's get actually back to the uh, bill that was uh, proposed. Well, it wasn't even a bill. Um, well, yeah, it was proposed yesterday. It was actually a bill. Um, let me tell you, it had three main things in it, right? It had $288 billion that was designated under the Paycheck Protection Program uh, to aid small businesses. Y'all already know, I have said before, and I shall say it again, and I will say until we see something better, that when you look at the many forms of stimulus that we have seen over the last few months, one of the least effective, one of the most ineffective forms of stimulus that we have seen has been the PPP. Why? Well, I'm not going to bore your ears off because I've talked about this several, several times. But when you look at um, who it was supposed to help and how it was supposed to help and you look at the dates that were, I mean, there were just there was just so much, you know, all, all people had to do was attempt to get people to come back to work. They get to, you know, what? I'm not I'm not going to rehash that. Go back. I don't know how long ago. And if, it might do you really well to just go back and listen to every episode you have not heard. Because somewhere along the way, you will find that bit of information. So, again, you had $288 billion that are designated or that were designated under this 908 um, gazillion, quadrillion. You don't even know. Like, you're just dealing with so much money, right? Under this bill that was proposed on Tuesday, you had $288 that was proposed to go to one of the least effective forms of stimulus when compared to the other forms of stimulus. Now, and let me tell you something. I just heard, I don't, my time just kind of all just melds into each other. I don't know if it was this morning. I start my days early, by the way, about two, three in the morning. I don't know if it was this morning or last night. Somewhere along the way, I came across information that basically said that, look, when it came to the PPP, even though it was really designated for small businesses, a majority of the funds that actually went out went to businesses that technically aren't classified as small businesses. I can't remember if it was only like, please don't quote me on this percentage, but I don't know if it was like 25%, maybe I'm going to might be generous and say 50%. I, and I, I doubt it was 50%, 10%. I don't know. It, but it was not as, as high of a percentage as most people probably would be led to believe, given that the description of the PPP was that it was to aid small businesses. It didn't do, even based upon the name and description, it didn't do what it was kind of set out to do. So in addition to that, moving on, what we had in the proposal from yesterday and that bill that was put up yesterday is we had $160 billion that was allocated to state and local governments. Now, when you compare that $160 billion to the $288 billion that was designated to the least effective form of stimulus, the Paycheck Protection Program loans, and then another form of stimulus I'm going to talk about here in a second that was lumped in with that, this, this $160 billion for state and local government relief, that is the state level local governments receive the least amount of aid in this package out of these kind of three. There are now there are other things. These aren't just the only three things, but these are like the three big things. Out of the big things here, you've got this is the 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 thing that is receiving the least amount of funds. 
And quite frankly, I'm not saying that they need to receive the most, but I really wouldn't expect them to receive the least because state and local governments need a lot of help. I mean, heck, we're hearing in recent days about transportation agencies that lo and behold are like, look, we've seen a reduction in ridership and, you know, we're having to take all these extra measures and, you know, we didn't get funding that, for instance, the airline industry got out, got, you know, we didn't get funding that, you know, the we didn't get funding like everybody else and we are suffering. You have uh, agencies that are saying, look, we're going to have to discontinue weekend service. We're going to have to discontinue night service. We're going to have to cut some routes. This is going to mean jobs are going to go away. This is going to mean not just jobs for our drivers, but people who depend on our buses to get to jobs that they have, they're going to lose that access. And when they do, most likely they can't afford a car. So boom, there goes their employment too. This is this trickle down effect. I know we only like to talk about trickle down effect when we're talking about, you know, uh, the wealthy, you know, just showering us with the many gifts of of, uh, of money that they give us. But this is truly an example of kind of trickle down economics. Like you, if you, if we do not help them, if we do not help these transportation agencies. It's not just their employees that are suffering. It's also people who like depend on those services that's affecting other forms of the economy. So that is the second thing. The third thing that I want to point out is again, $180 billion that is supposed to go to fund that extra $300 per week in supplemental unemployment benefits um, through March of 2021. Now, here's what I have to say about that. Supplement is okay. I have been pushing for, especially like when we had that $600 per week, totally pushing for that. We saw in the numbers, we saw in the data that there was there was an actual positive effect on the economy with that happening. But here's the deal. In the words of our co- uh, president, uh, our president elect, here's the deal. I honestly feel, I honestly think that more important then giving that supplemental unemployment money in this moment is extending the PUA, which is that program that allows gig workers, self-employed, et cetera, people who wouldn't normally qualify for unemployment. I would more uh, support seeing an extension of that, for instance, through March, even just at a basic level. Why? Because what we are poised to see is how many millions of people come the end of this month. Now that we're here, dun, dun, dun. The end of this month, we are going to see millions of people just boop, pop off the rolls. And what was the warning that I gave to Democrats about letting that happen? The warning I gave, and I will warn once again, if you are a Democrat, listen up. The, the, the error that you make in allowing the PUA to lapse and just saying to yourself, you know what? Well, as soon as January 20th comes around, we've got President Joe Biden on board and he is going to do X, Y, and Z. What comes out every month? Job numbers. I've already talked about how these job numbers are skewed, right? What did I talk about? I talked about how people aren't counted as unemployed once they stop receiving unemployment. And there is a maximum amount of time 
that a person can receive unemployment. This program ends the end of December. Once they stop receiving unemployment, what then is going to happen to the numbers? Do -do 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 -do. Everything is going to appear to be sunshine and rainbows. It's going to appear as if everybody got jobs. And that's not what happened. What happened was people are no longer being counted, not because they actually got jobs, but because they ran out of time. So in letting that happen, what Democrats will set themselves up for is they will set themselves up for a tough time, especially if they do not take the Senate. They'll, they'll set themselves up for a tough time trying to negotiate with Republicans because Republicans will say, See, no, look at the numbers. The numbers are wonderfully better. We don't need to do anything. Look at how the numbers are now, even though they are totally fudged and what these people are willing to do or not do. Do you really think if it automatically just, if people just disappear into the ether and appear to just magically get employed and be contributing members to society in this economy again, just magically, do you think that they're really going to do anything? Absolutely not. But not only are Democrats going to have a problem with justifying to the other side a need to stimulate the economy in an effective and an efficient manner, they are going to have a problem trying to justify that to people who don't understand the actual unemployment numbers, who don't understand on its face value that these numbers that we see aren't actually reality. I've told people all the time, when it comes to, just generally speaking, when it comes to the need for economic stimulus, don't listen to what these pundits are saying. Hell, don't even listen to what I am saying. Listen to your surroundings. Do you have family that are unemployed? Do you have friends that are unemployed? Do you have people who, or yourself, who've seen a reduction in hours? That is how you determine, look, is this real or is it not? Perception is reality, right? But, so for this reason, and, and I'm going to end here on the, the PUA, this is why, again, sure, I think it's great if they give that $300 per week. But I think... Again, they will do themselves a disservice. They will do the American people a disservice and they will do their genuine efforts to see effective, efficient, and sufficient COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief a disservice should they allow PUA to just bloop, fall off and get better. It almost makes you wonder, could that be kind of one of the motivational factors in what we're seeing from the right, namely Mitch McConnell, in his efforts to deny stimulus because he knows all I've got to do is hold out. Because if I hold out, these people are going to magically disappear. And then I can say, oh, we got better. You know, we really got better. Everything is wonderfully great. And we don't need to stimulate the economy again. Like, is, is that what we're going to see? I didn't even know my voice could get that deep. Go on, girl. So, look, I'm going to be very frank with you. There are no stimulus checks. I said it before. There are no stimulus checks in this proposal that came out yesterday. This, is, this isn't perfect. This is, this is not perfect. In my perfect world, I would have totally pushed for not just a one-time $1,200 check, but recurring $1,200 checks for everybody. Everybody, everybody. But... That not in there 
me dealing in reality, me not dealing with me being president, me not dealing with me being a member of the House or a member of the Senate, me being who I am, I am okay with there not being stimulus checks in there. What? Yes, I'm okay with that. Is it my preference? No, I am okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay because at a bare minimum, and I said this before a few episodes back, when I mentioned how Nancy Pelosi, now was the time for her. I wasn't pushing for her in the past to kind of compromise. I was really pushing for her to stand her ground. And I wouldn't change that even in this moment when I look back. Now was the time for her to make some sort of concession because now we know the the outcome of the election. Um, we know, despite what some might claim, that Joe Biden is going to be our next president. And so there are a lot of things that he can do, even if the unfortunate thing happens and Mitch McConnell keeps his crown over there in the Senate. There are some things that Joe Biden can do, our president to be, our president-elect, he can do some things through his executive action. Will they be as great as if, you know, the entire Congress could come together, House and Senate, and bring something to the president and make, no, but he can still do something. And for that reason, again, I think now is the time, considering also the rise in COVID cases. I talked last episode about how COVID is on the rise. You know, we're seeing that. Um, we're, we're seeing just, uh, I mean, have you guys seen those pictures and videos of those food banks where just cars are just for miles and my, thousands of cars? It's heartbreaking. Absolutely. I volunteer at, I volunteered at a food bank on a regular basis every week. Don't do it anymore. I don't unfortunately have the time in my schedule, but when I had the time, I did it every week. And I like, we were a small kind of, you know, faith-based food bank and it was a production doing that every week. I can't imagine being in a position where you you have thousands of people who are dependent, their children are dependent upon you for sustenance. That is horrifying. Not just for the people who have that pressure to make sure they serve as many people as they can with the resources that they have available to them, but it's also horrifying to those people who maybe even for the first time had to go and get in that line. When I look at, I'm going to close with this. When I look at the proposal, the the bill that was proposed yesterday, this 908 trillion gazillion banana gillion uh, proposal that this bipartisan proposal that was brought to the table yesterday, it's not perfect by any means. But the one thing that I think that we all need to keep in mind is that we have a bit of knowledge that we did not have months ago when we fa- uh, passed the CARES Act. 
when we passed the CARES Act, we operated under the assumption that the pandemic would go away within weeks. We know that it's not going away within weeks. And so with that bit of knowledge, I think that as Americans, as well as people who are in Congress representing average everyday Americans, I think you need to keep in mind that while this bipartisan bill is not perfect, at the very least, it can serve as a bridge to provide support until we get President-elect Joe Biden sworn in at 12 o'clock on January 20th. This bipartisan bill could really carry us over until the end of Q1 2020. It really could. And I, I think that people shouldn't overlook that. Before Thanksgiving, I did an episode where I talked about how listeners of this show should be thankful that I have been honest. I have been very honest in my thoughts uh, and and in communicating uh, my interpretations of what I was seeing politically, right? I wasn't how you had some people who, um, you know, literally fed you guys the hopium. That, oh, stimulus is coming. It was more than just Nancy Pelosi. It was also a lot of people who were delivering the news, talking about the news, whatever you want to call it. They, oh, yeah, this this would be the, they benefited from it. And I, at a certain point, was like, look, y'all ain't seeing diddly squat. I was very honest. And it's unfortunate that we don't see that from Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell has not been honest. He has totally been lying. Totally, 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 totally been lying. What in the world am I talking about? Well, this bipartisan bill that Mitch McConnell rejected, one of the things that I didn't talk about that it included was federal protection, temporary federal protection from coronavirus-related lawsuits sound familiar? It might, because this had been something that the Democrats had talked about that they just adamantly opposed. And it had also been something, get this, that Mitch McConnell said was his whole reason for denying past proposals because it didn't include this. Y'all don't give me corporate protections. Y'all don't give me corporate protections for five years. Screw the American people. Like, in so many words, that's what we heard from Mitch. And, like, I just can't believe it. Again, he never ceases to amaze me. Because, again, flashback. I cannot support this because it does not have corporate protections for corporate businesses in case they allow you to get COVID in their establishments. Flash forward, a few months later, I cannot support this package because you don't protect corporations in case they give you. Right? Like every point in turn was either one of two things. What he cited one of two, actually, well, one was a sub. He had two main reasons that he would oppose previous, uh, previous uh, bits of legislation, bits of proposals. Main one was the cost, right? 
cost was too big. We can't afford a lot. We ain't got no money. We're totally broke. Right? So we couldn't afford anything because of the cost. Kind of a subgroup to that was the fact that there was just being too much money allocated to state and local governments. But then the second most common reason that he would deny a proposal for economic stimulus was because we did not protect his buddies. We did not or offer, in addition to the corporate welfare, we didn't bundle it up with corporate immunity. We didn't do that for him and his cronies. And so because we failed to do that, he would constantly say, no, 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 no. Right? So that's always, that was like one of the main reasons why Mitch McConnell said, no, I am not willing to help the American people because you are going to hold businesses accountable if they put you in harm's way. <sighs> Guys, they gave him this. They put that in this bipartisan bill. They were willing to say, if you go into work and your employer creates unsafe conditions and you get COVID-19 as a result, that you do not have any legal grounds to go and sue your employer. Or at the very least, you had to go to extreme measure measures to prove that they were negligent, willfully negligent. And that's a high standard of proof, by the way. They gave him this and he still said, no. Democrats didn't even want this, but the bipartisan approach with this bipartisan bill said, look, We've got a compromise. And they tried. And he still said no. Mitch has been lying this whole time. All he wants to do is obstruct. Now, could it have been for a reason I mentioned earlier? Could it have been, could the whole reason for his desire to obstruct any type of, 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 of relief for the American people economically due to COVID could his cause for obstruction or his reason be because he knows that if he holds out long enough, specific numbers like those unemployment numbers will magically try to get better or they'll magically appear to get better because people will just magically drop off the rolls. It will look like everyone has a job. And so he no longer will have to try so hard to obstruct. He will have the quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here, the data on his side. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just do know that the evidence bears that all Mitch McConnell wants to do at this point is obstruct. They came down on the price. They didn't even reach a trillion dollars with this. Not, not even. And they gave him his corporate, corporate immunity. And he still said no. There are some people who are going to tell you that when they look at everything, that it's unclear. And I'm using air quotes again. You can't see me. But they'll say, it's unclear. We, ju we just don't know. We can't interpret the circum we can't, we can't interpret the situation. You know, oh, oh, too much uncertainty. They will tell you that they don't know. It's unclear. 
if lawmakers, our elected officials, the people who were on our payroll, if they can come together and craft a plan that will actually pass both chambers of Congress before the end of the year. And again, why am I, why are we so focused on the end of the year? We have two things happening this month. First and foremost, the first hurdle we have is that, as mentioned earlier, December 11th, we've got to come up with a plan to fund this government. Otherwise, it's going to shut down. I've mentioned before, I say shut her down. If they're not going to help the people, what the heck do you need it open for? Shut it down. But then the second thing we have to contend with, again, is at the end of the month, programs, stimulus programs that have been functional to this point while others have expired, those are set to expire. And so there are people who are saying, well, look, we just, you know, we know that both of these events are important and we know that something has to be done, but we just, we don't know. We're unclear. We're unsure if something can get done. Like, look, it is very, very super duper clear that given the power that Mitch McConnell has, the uh, the power that he has been afforded by holding the majority in the Senate, it is very clear. I don't mean to offend, but you were blind. I don't mean to offend anybody who literally may be blind, so please don't be offended, but you literally are, you have to be blind. You have to not have the ability to see that as long as Mitch McConnell has the ability to obstruct in the current way in which he does, he will obstruct. Now I will tell you this, even if Mitch McConnell gets thrown out of the majority, can he still obstruct? Absolutely. He is in the only body of government that has what I call the F word, the filibuster. I mentioned before on this show, I use an example how <clears throat> when you look at, for instance, the Affordable Care Act, how, you know, people love to talk about, oh, you know, we were pushing for a single payer system and the Democrats didn't do this and they didn't do that. But uh, people don't recognize and they don't talk about how literally they had a record number of filibusters in that congressional session. And that caused a situation where a lot of compromise had to be made, compromise that ended up with something that was actually a replica of what Mitch Mitch Romney pushed for, what he had. But tying that to today, even if Mitch McConnell falls from grace and he no longer is leading the pack, he can still get up there and he can do, I'm sure they will be, You'll see some probably they'll go, well, uh, they will wear their diapers, go up there and keep talking to try and filibuster and okay. There, there, there are ways to make the filibuster come to an end. So he can obstruct, but his obstruction in that situation will be severely limited compared to the amount of obstruction he is able to exemplify in this moment. But again, it is very, very, very clear. Anybody who says that it's unclear, that they don't see, that they, oh, that, oh, well, maybe, and they they sound not so sure, tell them to open their freaking eyes. 
Mitch, he is going to obstruct. As long as Mitch McConnell is holding the majority in the Senate, he is going to obstruct. And mark my words, he is going to obstruct. Him and his minions are going to obstruct even when they fall into the minority. But their ability to obstruct in the minority faction and the time in which they have to obstruct and the impact of that obstruction is severely less than the amount of obstruction or the impact of the obstruction. Why am I saying obstruction? The impact of the obstruction we are seeing from him in this moment. Mitch is going to obstruct. Hear me loud and clear. No matter what. Give them those corporate immunity protections. Obstruction. Give them a bill under a trillion dollars. Obstruction. Agree not to give stimulus checks to the American people. Obstruction. Call him the king of turtles. Double obstruction. Mitch just wants to obstruct. In the words of COVID in chief, it is what it is. I've said before, and I will say again, this is a life lesson to you. When people do not want to do something, they will find a reason, any reason not to. It goes back to that saying, that kind of life lesson saying, don't know who said it, so don't ask me, but the saying that I've heard and and that I totally live by and understand is that when you, when you place value on something, even if you have a lot to do, you will, you'll find time to do what needs to be done. You may have a busy day, but when you really value your relationship with your kids, you'll find five minutes, no matter how you have to do it, to be with them, to read them a book, to sit down with them and eat a meal. No matter how many extra hours you have to work, you love your wife, you will find two seconds to give her a kiss throughout the day. No matter how much work your boss piles on you, if you value the report that's due and the impact that it can have on your organization and the work that it does, you will find time to do that report. When you value something, no matter what, if time is attached to it, you will find the time to make it happen. Same can be said. For when a person wants to do something, they will find the time to do it. Same can be said when a person doesn't want to do something. If I don't want to, (laughs) Uh, for instance, don't lie. I know some of us probably did this. I'm going to be very honest. When I was a kid, I would wake up and feel happy peppy in the morning. Just feeling amazing, right? But 
the day before, the week before. I had a report, didn't want to do it. It was due today. So what did I do? I didn't value that report. I magically got sick all of a sudden and decided to stay home. Mom, I don't feel good. Call her while she's at work. Mom, I don't feel good. Can I say? It was, it was, it was because I didn't value that report that I had to do. Same is said for Mitch McConnell. He does not value the impact. Boom. Mind drop that just happened in my mind. You know, I've mentioned before how this, this, this these negotiations have been all about values. But you can also say it's not just like values from like a moral perspective, but like think of like monetary value. Mitch McConnell literally does not value the impact of COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief. This is why he continues to obstruct. It's not just about moral values. He doesn't believe that it has value in your life, my life, his life, the economy. He, he doesn't believe in its value. This is why, at least one of the many reasons why, he obstructs. If he wants to say no, as we have seen, oh, you didn't give me this, you didn't give me this. He's gonna say no, no matter what. It's like when you have that girl or guy you like, you can sprucel yourself up all you want. But if they are just not into you, you can forget it. Forget it. People will say no when they just genuinely don't want to do it. And Mitch McConnell genuinely does not want to stimulate the economy. Now, here's, here's the deal. In the words of our president-elect, there's no denying, like, after you just heard all of that, you probably just feel like, oh, wait, you probably already had a whole bunch of weight on you already, you know, depending on what your current circumstances. Maybe, you know, you're you're about to go off the cliff financially. Maybe you've lost your, whatever the case might be. I, I'm sure I've added a lot more weight when you're like, well, dang, Brittany, that sounds pretty bleak. Like, if we're dependent upon Mitch and he's not willing to do anything, what the heck are you saying to me? Let me tell you what I'm saying. I am saying first and foremost that it is absolutely essential that we pass emergency relief. S Susan Collins, a senator, she said that, look, it's absolutely necessary. And I completely agree with her. It is absolutely essential, necessary, fill in the blank, fill in the word. That, that's what it is. It is what it is. But do not fool yourself into thinking that Mitch McConnell is going to allow anything to happen. The only way that he will allow something to happen is if he comes up with it. And even then, I don't know. But this is why, this is why, this is why. Let me, let me tell you what we do if you're like, well, Brittany, okay, you told me that I was already depressed. Now I'm, you know, even more depressed. Let me tell you what we do. I think the only hope we have of getting anything done is if it falls in line with Mitch McConnell's agenda. Is his agenda perfect? <laughs> Hell no. Is his, is, is his agenda essential? 
Is is it is it effective and efficient that sufficiently is stimulating the economy? No. <sighs> but look, let me let me give you my suggestion. I, I thought about this long and hard. I was like, well, I can't just come to the table with problems because everyone already has enough problems, and I've just added to their problem and and being really honest and saying, look, Mitch McConnell has very made it very very clear he's not going to do anything to help you. No matter how many bills Nancy Pelosi comes up with, no matter how many bipartisan groups form and say, we're here to save the day, no matter what his own freaking COVID in chief proposes, he's like, nah, man, nah, bruh, I'm good. What do we do? Let me tell you what we do. This, this is what I, this is what I, this is what I suggest. You're an elected official, please listen. <laughs> this is my plan. Just hear me out. I say, look at everything Mitch McConnell wants and go lower than everything he wants. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but look it. I told you before, I, I, can't, I don't know. I need to like start like bringing up clips of me saying stuff in the past. So I can't, so I stopped saying I said it in the past. I've said before that when it comes to negotiating with people, not even negotiating, but sometimes just in life, sometimes you've got to meet crazy with crazy. You've got to meet people where they are, right? Um, I don't, sometimes, yeah, that we go low, they go high, whatever the heck she said. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, yeah, in fantasy land that that works. And sometimes in real life that works. But you can't be that person trying to rationalize with someone who is not rational. You are going to get nowhere and they are going to like the fact that you are not only not getting anywhere, but that you are actually getting flustered not getting anywhere. I can guarantee you, Mitch McConnell, he goes home and he smiles and he tells <laughs> <laughs> like I can just hear him right now. Just <laughs> like you know, I just I totally hear it. He's he's enjoying this. So here's what you do. He wants something. Give him a price tag that is lower. And whatever it is he wants. Only have it in effect until January 21st, 2021. What? Yes. He wants to give, for instance, well, just hypothetical situation. I don't, I don't know. Let's say he wants a PPP. Uh, he wants to do $300 billion for PPP. Okay. I want to do $200 billion for PPP. And we'll have the program till January 21st. He wants to... Give, you know, uh, look, <laughs> here's something else I thought I thought about, too. This lost immunity that he wants, give that to Mitch, too. Give it to him. But you get immunity until January 21st. Give him what he wants. Because, look, everything that the bipartisan group proposed, it wasn't enough anyways. They did, you know, e even if you look at my proposal of, well, give him what he wants and give it to him till January 21st. Even if he doesn't want to give stimulus checks, that's fine. That's fine. Well, we'll you, we'll, you want to do unemployment? We'll do it till January 21st. 
And and I know it sounds crazy, but again, when you look at the bipartisan proposal, it's not like it was enough anyways. We just need enough to get us to that magical date. The date of what? January 20th. So we're giving, if we extend everything till January 21st, we give Biden one day. You say that you're going to come in on day one taking care of this. All right, bro, we'll set you up. Ready, set, go. <sighs> Mitch McConnell wants a $500 billion plan. Find a way to propose a $400 billion plan. <laughs> I said that wrong. $400 billion plan. Make it work. However you have to do it. Anything that he did not add to his proposal, don't add it to yours. If he didn't add city and state government stuff, I know it will hurt. Don't add it. He didn't add stimulus checks. Don't add it. That's fine. Mitch, have your reign. Have at it, Haas, till January 21st. Then on January 21st, on January 20th, matter of fact, as they say, we in this thing. Let him, if Mitch McConnell wants to run butt naked up and down the halls of Congress, just, <laughs> just giggling and wiggling, go ahead and do it. Nobody stop him. Let him enjoy the time he has left as in the majority. Have at it, Haas, please. Just. Give him what he wants, but until January 21st. That's my plan. That's what I got for you. Mitch McConnell's plan is not going to be enough, just like the bipartisan plan is not enough. But quite honestly, that's the best we can do right now. Seriously. That's it. Because Mitch is not going to capitulate. Mitch won't capitulate. Mitch the beep won't capitch. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'm rambling. Yeah, I'm done. Just, just, yeah. Stop, stop fighting with Mitch because he's, he's, he's enjoying this. He really is enjoying that. I want to make a real quick point about Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Who was on his way out the door. Thank the Lord. In the words of my grandmother. Thank the Lord. Um, I should be more fair. Because he at least appeared to be. I don't know. You know I'm not even going to go there. Because I question his motives. But anywho. Yesterday. The, the observation that I'd like to make. Yesterday. Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. They spoke for the first time since late October. Like, that's pretty, it's monumental. It really is. But I want to caution you. Don't get high on the hopium. I have talked about hopium several times on this podcast. We've talked about how, especially Nancy Pelosi... In the last few months, how she went around, oh, stimulus is coming. Oh, I'm hopeful. Oh, yes. Oh, I feel stimulus in my bones. 
if you heard other segments of this episode today, specifically the segment uh, where I talked about how Mitch McConnell is lying, you will understand that no matter how much hopium you do, how much hopium you were sold, that nothing is going to happen as long as Mitch McConnell is in the way. How was he in the way? By holding the majority. And the only way that we are going to get something is to capitch to the Mitch. But whatever you do, I observed a lot of this yesterday. Um, I observed a lot of people, a lot of pundits, really jumping and stumping and clapping and saying that, oh, this is it. I feel stimulus in my bones. This is not it. This is a show. And what I don't want, especially because we've been hearing about how unfortunate events such as suicides have been on the rise due to people finding themselves in positions um, where they are forced to go without, they're forced to, to make tough decisions. I don't want you living your life in this moment, as if some savior is on the way. For those of you, for instance, who have been dealing, who have been utilizing the eviction moratorium, that is ending for you, the end of this month. You might be very hopeful in stimulus because, hey, that might help you, especially if you are getting unemployment, if you're get, getting some sort of back pay from unemployment, Oh, I could really use that to stay in my home if we get it. I don't want you betting on positive change in this moment. Not because I'm some negative Nancy, but because the evidence is borne out that positive change is not likely at this moment. The conditions are not conducive to that. Conditions and people. And so I don't want you to be in a situation where you were downtrodden, where you were contemplating suicide, where you were contemplating harming others or, you know, all because you were given hopium and you were meant to think that this was finally going to be the time that you got help. Because I can tell you this, this is not it. Now I could be wrong. But it's best to operate in this moment as if hope is, help is not coming and be pleasantly surprised if it does. But don't plan for it to come. Okay? That's all I have to say about that. All right, guys, so that is our episode for today, Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020. Uh, in case you uh, skipped a few segments or something, just a 
few pointers that I want you to take away from this episode. I want you to understand that Mitch McConnell, if you hear people in the news or on the news talking about this bipartisan bill, Mitch McConnell has already rejected it. So at this point, that's just conversation that really won't bear any fruit. I also want you to keep in mind that the government shutdown is coming. It is approaching. That date is looming on December 11th. And um, at this point, you know, there are talks about tacking on stimulus to it. But uh, in all honesty, a few months ago when we were in this situation, they talked about it then, but they ended up just going ahead and passing the funding at that time. That may happen this time around. I'm hoping it doesn't because... This is literally, as I mentioned before in a previous episode, tacking on stimulus to this this funding bill is really the only way to this continuing resolution. It's really the only way that that we are likely to see stimulus um, this month. If if we if this if we miss miss this shot with this government shutdown, you can totally forget about it. Totally forget about it. I also want you to keep in mind that Mitch McConnell has been lying. Um, he's been lying about, you know, if you give me this, I'm willing to go ahead and pass this. This bipartisan bill um, gave Mitch McConnell quite a bit. It gave him, you know, no stimulus checks. It gave him those corporate protections. It gave him, you know, a totally lower cost than initially was wanted and and, and des- deemed as necessary by Democrats, he still said no. So just keep in mind that he's been lying about his actual willingness to compromise in this situation. And finally, I want you to keep in mind that, yes, you might hear that Steve Mnuchin and, and Pelosi have sat down and they talked yesterday, but quite frankly, that doesn't mean diddly squat because we're not really likely when we understand the mechanics of Mitch McConnell, who he is, what he is and what he wants and does not want. We understand that the two of them, Steve and Nancy are unlikely and they're unable to make anything happen on their own. So that said this Wednesday, happy hump day. Have a great day. Stay safe guys. I can't say it enough. Super important. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely necessary. These numbers are getting utterly insane. Um, but hopefully, uh, with, with time, as we approach the 20th of January, we will find ourselves dealing with an administration that actually wants to tackle this virus, not just from a health perspective, but from an economics perspective. Haven't finished my coffee. So in the meantime, again, stay safe, wear your goggles. If you have some, wear a hazmat suit if you have one, because I don't have a hazmat suit, but I have goggles. I have goggles and three masks that I walk around in every day. So that is how I keep myself safe. And I hope you do the same. So have a good one. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of our Pack Politics Podcast.